0: Minutes and challenge and exhort us as fathers today. And I want to I want to go to Deuteronomy chapter six, if you would. And I want to go over just a few thoughts uh, for us men and and that are here that are fathers. I'm very blessed to be a father of two beautiful daughters. And uh, for many years now, uh, they're grown grown up uh, in their in their adult years yet now and. Um, it, it time passes fast. All you that got little little kids, I was walking past uh, uh, a couple of kids yesterday uh, down at the uh, art district with my in-laws, and they were just scribbling with the chalk. And I almost stopped and told them, "Watch out! They grow up fast." It's amazing how time flies. Amen. So you don't have. It seems like you got forever to teach them things, but time flies fast, and we have to realize that every Every, every day is an opportunity to make an imprint on our kids and our grandkids and those around us. And as we're going to look at Deuteronomy in a second, I want to re- read Proverbs 14, 26. And it says this, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Amen. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. Amen. When, when a man does what a man is supposed to do, and if you're taking notes this morning, I want to talk about the blessings of a godly father. That's one thing I would add to the background there today. The, there's a blessing to a father, but there's real blessings to a godly father. Can you say amen? A man who who understands that he can be strong, he can be a good worker, he can be a good provider, he can be a good father, he can be a good husband, he can be a good lot of things. But it falls short if Jesus Christ is not the anchor of his soul, if Jesus is not the the real uh, resolve to who he is. And uh, I'm very thankful this morning for my father and uh, he would be very quick to tell you he made mistakes. There's not a perfect father in this place. Can you say amen except God? Um, but I, I look to my father for all these years and just remember him as being a very strong leader and uh, a godly man and someone that I could respect and look up to and honor. And uh, obviously, as the years went on, he began to get more involved in the ministry which was awesome, and, and many times we were able to serve together. And now for the last 10 years, we've been able to serve together in the same church, which is a humongous blessing. So I thank God for my father. He's the one that just did the offering, if anybody doesn't know. And uh, I know some, pl- some of us here this morning, and I always, I always mention this first on a Mother's Day or a Father's Day message. I, I understand totally that there are people here who, who do not have a great relationship with their father, or maybe their father was not the godly leader that, they, that you needed or wanted. And I understand that. Some here in our church, some of the men uh, that I've been pastoring here for many years never knew their father. Or if they knew him, they knew of him. And, and that's a great tragedy this morning. Amen. I, I can't relate to that. I've always had my father around. But I've been blessed to be able to uh, pastor men and try to help them and in some way be a father. To them. Even though it hasn't always been the age thing, I sent a text to Pastor Dylan this morning and said, Happy Father's Day, son. I consider him a son in the faith, even though he's, you know, not, I would be about 15 when I'd had him, but that does happen nowadays, amen. Um, But I I have many sons in the faith. I thank God for that. I have two beautiful daughters, but no sons. But God has given me many spiritual sons over the years. And I thank God for the opportunity that we have this morning, men, to say, you know what, I don't know, and women, no, I don't know I didn't have the, the relationship with my dad that I wanted or 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 he wasn't the godly father that I want him to be, but the buck stops with me, the buck stops here. I'm going to be the godly father that God has called me to be. I'm going to break that curse, amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna take on to my kids uh, the, the the teachings of the way of the Lord, amen. And teach that to God, to them. And one of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 22.6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. All you fathers that were just up here, whether you're just barely, barely like Brian, just a baby, six, seven months old, or, or you have a child that's 40 or 50, uh, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is or she is old, she will not depart from it. That's a promise from the Word of God. And going along with Proverbs 14, 26, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, meaning, man, man you may make mistakes. You may not always be the man you want to be, but in the, Lord, in the fear of the Lord, you can be confident. You can know that if I'm, if I'm putting God first in my life, God's going to do something in me. And my kids are going to see something in me that that I can't give them. Amen. How many know we can't give them what they need without God? And so I want to look at a few scriptures this morning. And Deuteronomy chapter 6. If I began to think about um, a a, a verse, a set of verses that I could choose for Father's Day, I don't know if there's better than this. We know the setting of this in Deuteronomy chapter 6 is that these people are on their path and on their journey. How many are on a life journey this morning? Amen. We all are. We're, we're going somewhere. We've been somewhere. We're headed somewhere. And uh, it, it, we, we're, we're trying to do our best for the Lord. And so these Israelites were doing the same thing. They were trying their best to follow God, making lots of mistakes on the way. And Moses was trying his best to lead. Fathers, that's all you can do is try your best. God wants you to try your best. Make sure you're giving your best effort. And Moses trying to lead these people, and we see many stories in the Bible. For example, when they go up onto the mountain, he goes up into the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, and they begin to idol worship, and they begin to take their earrings out and their gold necklaces, and they make a golden calf and begin to worship it. And that's the kind of things that that uh, Moses was dealing with in a perverse generation and he's, he, God, God knew the people's hearts, and he said, I've got to give them something to follow. I don't know about you this morning, but I am so thankful for the Bible. I'm so thankful that I don't have to guess, but I have a manual for raising my daughters. I have a manual for living my life that I can go by that has stood the test of time. How I many know oh, this book is not irrelevant? It's more relevant today than it's ever been. And so what we're going to see is that God gave these, these, this challenge to Moses and his sons and, and those in that time, and today they still ring true. And I want you to read verses 6 through 9 with me. It says, Deuteronomy chapter 6, And these words, that's the words of the word of God, which I command you today shall be in your heart. Amen. They shall be in your heart. Now, this is important that you notice this is it does not say in your mouth. It, a lot of people can speak the word, but it needs to be in our heart, meaning we need to live it. We need to live it. If you if you want to be a godly father here this morning, you need to live it and not just say it, but live it. You, got, you have to follow through. One of the things that I, I I really respect today about my father was how he would follow through on disciplining me. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, we're living in a generation today, and you've heard me many times, you hear me a lot say it, how important it is, and I can't get through a Father's Day without mentioning this, how important it is to spank your kids. I don't care how unpolitically correct it gets. It's biblical to use your hand on, on, your, on your children's behinds. Can somebody in here give me an Amen. If you don't agree with that, then you will just keep getting what society gives us. Amen. I didn't say child abuse, but I said spanking your kids, not sparing the rod. And I remember growing up, my dad was really good at that. He was a good spanker. He was good at following through. And many times we would be someplace, we'd be in the car, and we'd be acting up, usually my brother's fault, amen, had the older brother instigating. And uh, my, young, my younger sister, it's three of us, and we'd be acting up, and, and he would say, when we get home, you're going to get a spanking. And I always remember that I used to think for a long time, he's going to forget. He's gonna. It's been, we're 30 minutes away from the house, so we're going to stop by someplace, and sometimes I wish he'd just spank me right then. But he said, I'm going to spank you when we get home. It was It was worse, the waiting, than it was the actual spanking. So we get home, and, well, first, when he said he's going to spank you, we all cried first there at that moment. And then we get home, and it's been 30 or 40 minutes, and we walk in the door, and I'm thinking he forgot. As soon as we get in the door, go up to the room and wait for me. Worst words in the world, amen. And then he says, and I want you to pick a belt. I get to pick the belt. That was so nice of him. He used the belt a lot of the times. He said, go pick a belt. And as a kid, you know, you go into that closet and you try to find in your mind the smallest one, which if you know anything about spankings is not a good choice. You didn't know that as a kid, though. That's why grandma would say, go get a switch off the tree. Oh, how many remember that? I just just felt something resonate right there. Go get a switch off the tree. So he'd make us wait another 20 minutes, and then he'd come up there and he would follow through and he would spank us. But you know what? I think I've turned out to be a pretty decent human being because I respect authority. I respect my father because he spanked me. And it sounds weird as a 44-year-old man saying that. But this is the follow-through that we have to have. So I understood that my dad was going to do what he said he was going to do. And, and, and I'm going to get into that in a second in a, in a little bit of the notes here. But it has to be in our hearts, men. It has to be in our hearts that we that we love the word of God and we love God. It can't be what lots of parents do, which is do as I say, not as I do. Amen? A lot of people try to raise their kids that way. Do as I say, not as I do. And and you can't tell your kids don't smoke if you got a cigarette in your hand. You can't tell your kids don't cuss if you're the one cussing. You can't tell your kids you shouldn't drink if you've got a bottle in your hand. Amen. God wants us to be godly examples and leaders by how we act. Can you say amen? Not by what we say. And that's how we're going to turn out godly children. So let's read on. It says, You shall teach them diligently to your children. This is so powerful. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Man, I could sit there just for a moment on this. This is so important. In your house. When you go places, where, when you're in the car, this isn't, this isn't being a believer here at church. It's being a believer everywhere you go, every place you're at, where you can have those conversations with your children. You're, you're constantly teaching your children. You're constantly being an example to them. It says, diligently talk and teach your children these things. It blesses me so much when I see videos on Facebook or Instagram of you posting your children singing worship songs. That blesses my heart more than anything else to see our kids in this church at home, worshiping God in the car, worshiping God. Amen. There's somebody I can't get it out of my head that posted in our church, the song miracles and their kid sings that song all the time. And every time I hear it, someone posted a video of their kids singing it. And every time I hear that song miracles, I think of that video and that kid, I can't remember which kid it was. That's the problem. But I, and I, but I have the kids' voice in my head. And that, that's powerful. We're teaching our kids something that as they grow up, they're going to remember. Then it says, When you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Look at verse 8. You shall bind them. What bind what? The words of God as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. There's a, there's a point there that means that my eyes are focused on the things of God. God cannot you cannot have good kids if if you don't have a focus on the things of God. Amen. Now we understand this morning parents and men that 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 people are going to make their own choices. There are there are kids, there are families that have black sheep there are families who whose whose kids go off and 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 don't serve God or or do things that are not right and that is not your fault if you raise your children the right way there are those things happen but i would say in general kids that turn out right and kids that are serving God and kids that are doing it right are not done by accident can you say amen it's very purposeful and, and you that are younger, as I look over at John and Ceci, a younger couple with young kids, what a blessing today to be in this house and teaching your kids and and, and raising them up in the word of God and knowing that there's such a hope now for them. Amen? I saw uh, Gabriel's picture yesterday or the day before that he's getting so big. He came into our church as a, what, three-year-old? As a two? Two-year-old. As a two-year-old, here he is a teenager now almost. And and you just see how, how Robert and Sheila have raised their kids up in the church. And I could go on and on through the bit. Parker. I went and had breakfast with Parker for the other day. And, and here he is, a 20-year-old man. And he was just an 11-year-old boy when he came into the church. What a blessing to have the opportunity to, to raise these kids up in the house of God with the, with the morals of the Bible, with truth, and giving them the chance to make it for God. Amen? This is a wicked world we're living in. So he says you've got to tie them around your heart to your hand and t- uh, put them as frontless between your eyes. In verse 9, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So this is a powerful set of scriptures here. And I want you to, if you're taking notes, just to write something down real quick. I'm not a big acronym person, but I think this is fitting this morning. If you'll just write the word Father down. And go down, F A T H E R. Down. I just thought of a few words that uh, sometimes words, just a word, is something more powerful than anything else. So, Father, F A T H E R, going down, and I th- thought of a word for each letter. And first and foremost, God needs fathers that are faithful, faithful fathers, faithful to first and foremost to God, faithful to their to their spouses, faithful to their jobs, faithful to their kids faithful to the church amen it's a powerful thing when a man is faithful in all those areas that's something that that a a child or a younger person needs to look at and see that attribute so what I'm giving you here men are some attributes that we need to have and if we don't have them we need to work on them as I'm saying these you might hear one and one might kind of pinch one might kind of hurt might be like a gut check other ones you'll think, man, I think I'm I think I'm getting somewhere on that because none of them are we there. We have not arrived we'll never arrive to be the perfect father, but we're we're working on our salvation every day. And God is looking for faithfulness. Sometimes if you'll just be faithful, meaning just be there. Amen. So A out of faith father would be active. We need active fathers. Amen? We need fathers that are active in their children's lives, active in their activities. We understand work is a thing sometimes. Work gets in the way. But a, a father, there's, there's nothing like a father showing up, even from work, even for a few minutes, he's rushing there to get there, and those kids, you saw it in the video, that kids looking for that affirmation that fa- the father would get there and show up for their activities. We need to be active in our faith. We need to be active in the church. I talked about that last week. T, very important here. A father needs to be a teacher. Who else is going to teach your kids about the things of life? I've said this many times before, church. If you don't teach your kids things, they're going to learn them at school. And we know the things that are being taught in school nowadays. Amen? You have to have those conversations with your kids. And you have to teach them. And what we really need to teach them is how to fish. How many understand what I'm saying there? You don't just give them the fish. You teach them how to fish. You have to teach them the things. You have to show them the things. Amen? You have to give them the opportunities and say, look, this is how it's done. And and, and, and you have to be able to teach your kids how not to do things. Sometimes it's, hey, you know what, I made a mistake on this when I was young. We've got, we've got some real strong past in this church. We've got some men who've made some real mistakes before they got saved. And you need to teach your kids and show your kids, look, this is, this is what happens when you do these things. And if you don't put your faith in the Lord and you don't uh, do things right, here's the consequences of your actions. So we need to be teaching our kids the right things. H, big time here. We need to be a helper. We need to help our kids. We need to be. We need to be that hero. I could also put hero. How many know that every young boy and girl wants to be able to look at their dad as a hero? Amen. What 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 an awesome thing that would be to be at school and have them say write down a hero and they wrote down dad. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's what we should be try to be for them is that helper to be there to be there when they need us the most amen another one is e this is a big one they all kind of tie together if you think about it but e is example they need the example and this goes back to to not being speaking but being active and and doing it not just talking about it uh people can't you can't say hey you need to go to church but you don't go Hey, we need to be on time, but you're not on time. Hey, you need to do this, but you don't do it. This goes back to that, being an example of the faith of God. Amen? Uh, you need to think about that this morning. Maybe your dad wasn't that example, but, men, you need a person in your life that's an example. You need people around you that you look at and say, that's a person I want to follow. I want, as they imitate imitate Christ, I'm going to imitate them because I need an ex- a godly example in my life. Amen? And the last one, this is really, really important. This, this to me is a, is a big one. R, Reli- reliable. We know we need reliable men, people that you can count on, amen? We, our, our kids and our wives need to know that we're reliable, that we're going to be there, that we're not going anywhere, that we're going to stay the course and stick with things. So faithful, active, teacher, helper, example, and reliable and of course I could have chose different ones for each one but I, I felt like those were were good ones this morning I want to end with this if you'll go to Genesis chapter 6 Genesis chapter six. now there's lots and lots of examples in the Bible I tend to nav- to, to gravitate I should say to um, Noah when it comes to fatherhood and there's a, there's an interesting reason why um, he might not be the first person you think of when you think of a father. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you thought of father in the Bible, probably the first person you would think of is Father Abraham. You know, we sang the song. Did anybody sing that song growing up? Let me see your hands. If Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had father. A great song, right? I hope they're still teaching that in Sunday school. If we're not teaching that here, let's start teaching it. Amen. I don't want, I don't want that to happen in 20 years and no one raised their hand. Amen. So you'd think of Father Abraham, but really Noah really impresses me, and this is why. To me, Noah and his generation, although it was thousands of years ago, really reminds me of the days we're living in right now. The Bible tells us, prophetically, that we're in the last days, and that the last days there'd be perilous times. And that people wouldn't endure sound doctrine, and it would be wicked. And, 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 and it's kind of like, think about this, it's kind of like life. How many realize and know that a, a little baby is just like, is, is, it does a lot of things that an old person does when they begin to get to near death? You kind of go back to the beginning again, right? And uh, I'm not going to give any examples, amen. But the idea of that is, is here we are as a world kind of going back to how it began, and we're in a very perverse and wicked time. And so, in Genesis six, uh, if you'll read verse five there, I want to show you something that we're, we're living in today. He says, "The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually." Amen. That's that's a not, I'm not talking about us. I hope that's not us, but I'm saying in the world in general. It's just an evil place. There's evil everywhere and wickedness and, and the intents of the heart are bad. And so God was looking at the world and, and he said even in verse 6, I, I, was, I was reading on this. I thought this was ridiculous. People take these verses and they say God made a mistake. They'll say God made a mistake. God does not make mistakes. God does not make mistakes. He cannot make mistakes. He's perfect. But they'll take this story and they'll say, because he says he wished he would not have made man, that he made a mistake. He wishes man would have done what he wanted man to do, is what he was saying. And so he wishes, he wished, that's basically what the what he really meant. But he said, I wish I would not have even made man. I wish I, I I'm gonna destroy man, and he did. He followed through with what he said he was gonna do. But he gives this. This opportunity to know, and man, I want you to think about this if you don't get anything else out of this message, that it's easy to live for God when everything's easy. But a real man of God shows up and is recognized and is visible in times of struggle. Financially, physically, maritally, in the world, God is looking, listen guys, God is looking for a man that will stand out in a perverse generation. Looking for a man who is different from the other ones. Looking for a man who is righteous. Looking for a man who is holy. Looking for a man who does not base his, his, his uh, convictions off of another man, unless they're following the Lord, but he bases his convictions off the word of God. And Noah was that man. And I want you to see this. So we see in verse 8, or verse 5 and 6, that the world's wicked. He wants to destroy it. But look at verse 8. Noah found grace in the eyes of the lord how many guys want to find grace in the eyes of the lord this morning amen grace there i can't think of a greater desire than to find the grace of the lord on my life i want i want god's favor on me i want his his hand on me i want his his anointing on me i want to be like noah i want to i want to realize this is a wicked nation a wicked generation a wicked place a wicked world but I have an opportunity for my light to shine brighter in this dark world. So instead of saying, man, it's so bad, we can say, man, I have a humongous opportunity right now to stand out for God. That's a challenge, man, to stand out for God. Now I end with this. This is what I want you to think about. If you'll just go over to verse 13. Sorry, not verse 13. Uh, verse Chapter 7, verse 13. If you'd look over there. I want, to, I want to read this verse, and I want to end with this. For many years now, I've thought about this, and I just can't seem to find a better example. The flood's coming. Mo, uh, Noah is, has been preaching for, for years. The flood's coming. The flood's coming. The flood's coming. What is the world doing? Mocking, laughing. The world is making fun of him. The world's saying, This is ridiculous. We've never seen rain before. What are you talking about? And on and on and on. Remember, this this is not today's construction. That ark was not built fast. Took him a long time to build that ark. And the whole time he's building that ark, watch this, man, his sons are watching him. Every single quality I just mentioned, Noah had, he was faithful. He was active. He didn't ask his sons to build that ark. I guarantee he asked them to help him. But he was the one showing them how to put the nails in. He was the one showing them how to cut the wood. I can't even imagine now in my days. I built this real fast because I had tools. I cannot imagine building an ark without power tools. He's he had to do it all with his hands. He's teaching them how to cut. He's teaching them how to hammer. He's active. He's helping them. He's teaching them. He's the example. And he's Mr. Reliable. Because he finished that ark. We're here today because of Noah and all those characteristics. But the thing that sticks out the most to me is in 7.13. It says, on the very same day, Noah and Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife, Watch this. And the three wives of his sons with them did what? Entered the ark. All those attributes had to be in action because everybody else in the world was making fun of Noah. But Noah did such a good job. Now we can talk about Noah's failures. That's what we always try to do as people. People try to find the failures. Everybody fails. Everybody makes mistakes. Go on after the after the flood happened. They say he did this and he did that, and but he's in the Hall of Fame, in Hebrews eleven. But the thing that impacts me the most is that he was able to get, with all that mocking going on, he was able to get his sons to follow him onto that ark. That's powerful. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been a failure if he would have gotten his if his sons would have stayed behind? It would have been a failure. And so I've always thought about this, and I want you to think about this. Men, we will be responsible first and foremost for our wives and children spiritually before we will be responsible for anybody else. I mean, I've got a call in my life. I know many of you have a call in your life. We all have a call of God in our life, some more than others, but I can't go out and win the world if I don't make sure my family is saved. And so at the end of the day, that's what you want to see happen. Now again, there's things that go out of you. It doesn't make you a failure, but it would have been sad. But I honor Noah, because he got his sons to follow, and then they, watch this. He was he was not only the example to his sons, but his sons followed his example, which caused his their wives to follow their example. And they got on that boat. So I want you to think of that, of the blessings. We don't have the story today if Noah doesn't do these things. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for the example that you gave us through Moses in Deuteronomy and through Noah in the book of Genesis. God, I pray for these men this morning. I pray for myself as a man, as a father, as a leader, that I would be faithful and active, that I would be a teacher, a helper, an example, and that I would be reliable in my faith, that my children would know that I'm going to be there. And I'm going to be doing what I'm doing today in 25 more years. That it's not just a phase in my life. That I'm, I'm going to stay the course. I pray that over these men this morning. I pray that over these fathers. I ask you to touch them. I ask you to quicken their hearts to accept the challenge today that you've given us as men. On this Father's Day as we honor the men of this house. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place. How many in this place this morning could say, you know, the Holy Spirit is really ministering to me right now. He's really speaking to me, not just men, but women as well. Anybody, teenagers, young people. And and the Holy Spirit has touched your heart this morning. It says, I'm not Lord of your life. I want to be Lord of your life. Would you make me Lord of your life? if you were to pass into eternity today, if you were to be swept up by that flood that happened to Noah and and the people at that time of the world, everybody else died because they didn't get in the boat. This morning, church, the boat is Jesus. He's the door. He's the way. He's the truth, and he's the life. You'll never have a good life. I don't care how successful you are. I don't care how happy you are. You'll never have a blessed life without Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life and the anchor of your life. If you don't know Jesus this morning, I want you just to lift your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray with me today to be saved? All over this place, just say, that's me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want you to be saved this morning. I want you to know Jesus this morning. Just put it up and put it back down. I'm not asking you to be a member of the church. I'm asking you to make sure your heart's right with God. Maybe you're here this morning, and at one point in your life you said that prayer. You gave Jesus your heart, but today you're, you're backslidden. You're running from the Lord. You're, you're, you're not doing the things God's calling you to do. You've grown cold in your faith, and you need to come home today. How many would say, that's me? Would you pray for me? Would you remember me today? Amen. God bless you. He sees your hands. Amen. Let's stand all over this place this morning. We're going to open up the altar. If you're visiting this morning, we still believe in the altar. We still believe in finding a place at your seat or finding a place at the altar and 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 taking the message and saying, "Lord, now I'm going to I'm going to do business with God about this message because I guarantee you None of us have done all these things. We're not all faithful. We're not all active. We're not all teachers. We're not all helpers. We're not all examples. We're not all reliable. Or if we are, we can be better. My thing is I want to be better. I want to be the best dad I can be. I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to be the best leader. As they begin to sing a song, we're going to be dismissed in just a few minutes, and we're going to have some time of fellowship in the fellowship hall. But let's take a few minutes on this Father's Day. Maybe you want to pray for your father. Maybe your father's gone and you want to pray for your family. Maybe maybe your fam- father doesn't know Jesus. Whatever it is, just take a few minutes this morning. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you as they sing.